hey guys, hey, uh, uh, welcome to Story Jazz. Just shh, shh, the Kraken's sleeping and we don't want to wake it. Um, this is an improvised podcast, improvised narrative podcast where we tell stories. Um, I'm Softy and hey, over I'm here Sam. is- What's okay, good? Shh, 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 shh. What? Shh. Why are you being so quiet? You're going to wake the- You're going to- Oh my gosh, that's a big tentacle. Oh wow, that's some pretty slobbery tentacles that are- Oh my. Wow, that's the end of my co-host, I suppose. Hey guys, welcome to Story Jazz, a solo improvised storytelling show. Uh, here's here's previously on Story Jazz, six C's. Donald B. Kachow. He's a pirate by birth and not by choice. At the end of the docks is a ship that he knows all too well. The Red Dread. Two peg legs make their way out of the captain's quarters. And out onto the deck steps Nedrina Kachow. Are you telling me the captain of the Red Dread's name is Ned? Ned, yes. <laughs> Marching steps come up onto the deck. Royal Navy, followed closely by a young lieutenant, a Spanglish woman. Gatwick smashes one of the guards in the face with his buckler. Go and check the damn payload! Two questions. First of all, why do you want me to take you as a hostage? Pillaging and plundering have been, um, not enjoyable. Oh, really? That's your review. That's your Yelp review for piracy. Inside these barrels are watermelons, correct? And inside the watermelons is what exactly? Highly explosive crystals, which, if removed from the fruit, will immediately oxidize and, you know, boom. Yes, but what kind of crystals? Have you heard the legend of the golden pomegranate? Are you hoping to parlay? I want you to leave us at Dragon Roost Island. Perhaps we can instead just leave you on the next piece of land that you can stand on. Donnie doesn't even have time to gasp in fear as he splashes into the corals below. So last episode, I said that there is a dark and uh, little-known legend about the seas that if you uh-huh. squabble and and squiggle Squirrel. around in the water for too long, that sharks will find you, which, of course, I think everybody knows. It's not very mysterious. It's not really a well-kept secret. But no, I think yeah. that in the six seas of Salvadore, there is a well-kept secret. And that would be that there is no difference in the six seas between crabs and sharks. Ooh. They're one creature. Crab sharks. Crab sharks! Oh my god. Crab sharks be... Mm, little baby crab sharks be three inches, four inches long. But the mothers, those are the ones that you've got to watch out for. They can grow to be up to 12 feet long with pincers the size of oars and... Ten nose tendrils. What are they called on crabs? Nose tendrils the size of <laughs> of as thick around as my calf. <laughs> and the children in the and gathered around this old pirate telling the story. Ooh and ah, just do that. Ooh ah ooh ah. So indulge me once more, kids as I take you back into the six seas of Salvadore. Back to our two heroes who stand unknowing upon this coral reef as the crab sharks gather around their feet. 
and they just sort of have small talk. So, uh, Iniga, right? I got the, that name right? Yes, uh, yes. Iniga. Esperanza. Right, uh, you, um, with the Royal Navy, then? Well, I was. <laughs> until, what? You, you should, why don't you do Iniga? Yeah, I, I you do Iniga so much better. We gotta, we gotta trade. <laughs> we gotta trade. So, so you're, you're with the, you're with the Royal Navy, huh? Pretty, pretty cool. How, how do you like it? It's, uh, everything I ever dreamed. <laughs> Does that include being marooned on a coral reef? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. No, I I believe that is all part of uh, my honor, you know? Honor? I'm fighting to reclaim honor, yes. And she sort of looks off mysteriously into the distance. I get it. I'm fighting to reclaim my honor every day. And he tries to look mysteriously off in the other direction. <laughs> she, like, glances <laughs> over. Do you, though? What honor could you possibly have as a pirate? What was it? It wasn't my choice to be a pirate. Do you think I was born without honor? I was born a pirate. I suppose every pirate chooses to be pirate. And you have made a first step tonight, so you have a bit of respect for me. Anyway, ow! D Sorry, I thought does, I... Uh, does that count as honor? I stepped weirdly on this car. No, not honor. Uh, you have not uh, done anything to build up any honor. You, you lose honor very quickly. You see, if you decide to be a pirate... Um, is there someone in Spangland that keep tracks of honor? Can I go and talk to them to figure out what my honor levels are at? Yes, actually, the uh, honor bookkeepers are uh, very, uh, very respected in, in Spangland. Unfortunately, they are highly corrupt, so, uh, oh, you know. Oh. What, what? Did you step weirdly, too? No, I, I think I... And, <laughs> and Donnie Kachow looks into the water and sees something... Swimming or scuttling beneath it. Anyway, so I was saying uh, these honor uh, bookkeepers, these honor keepers in Spangland, uh, they are very corrupt. Uh, unfortunately, they can, you know, fake their own honor numbers. So wait, you wait. Okay, okay, hold up. Hold up. You're telling me that the honor bookkeepers have no honor? Well, by the books they have honor because they make their own honor. They just write it in, you know. It's a very stupid system, actually. <laughs> So why do I not have any honor? I've never been a corrupt official. You don't understand. No, I, that's why I'm, that's why I'm, oh. But it's about God. more than the numbers. Can you not stand normally? Jesus, something keeps pinching me down here. <laughs> Sorry, I'm breaking character. That's so good. <laughs> honor is important to me. That's what I'm saying. There have been people in my family who have brought... Your father? Brought down our... Yes, it's always the father, obviously. <laughs> How did you guess? Yes. I... He was not killed, if that was what you were going to say. <laughs> I know the movie. Is there it's no six-fingered man? There is no six-fingered man, no. My Spanish accent is kind of drifting, too. But what I'm saying is, there was a man in she my family... You know not drifting, is us. We're stuck here, and... I think that we're better off swimming. Can I please drop my backstory? I'm turning into a Russian man now. Um, God, what, what the fuck am I trying to do? Uh, yes, my father was an honorable man once, but he stopped believing in the system. 
Stop believing in the corrupt officials who count It may honor. be corrupt, but you must believe in honor. Even if the numbers are wrong, people know if you are honorable. And uh, he decided not to be honorable. He brought dishonor upon my family, and I am in the Royal Navy to correct that dishonor. For your father, who didn't care? No, for myself. It is a taint upon the family. Then why don't you just change your name? That's a pretty good idea. I haven't thought of that. Ow! <laughs> okay, something is definitely up down here. Uh, and she pulls, uh, uh, she, she lifts the melon up out of the water and looks into the waves, trying to figure out what has been pinching him, pin pinching her feet. Uh, Donnie Kachow says, I'm, I'm going to just, one second. And he pinches his nose and he closes his eyes and he ducks into the water. And once underneath, he opens his eyes and he's face to face with a set of mandibles and a razor sharp mouth of teeth behind them. He stares for a second. <laughs> and then screams underwater, sending a gush of bubbles floating out of his mouth towards the surface as he scrabbles back to the surface and just takes off swimming as fast as he can, leaving Iniga behind. Iniga looks after him confused. What? What is going on? Holding the melon up. Uh, what, what are you doing? And uh, Donnie splashes off going, Shark! Crabs! Sharks! Crabs! Crabs! Sharks! What? And uh, uh, Iniga ducks underwater as well and sees that this coppery coral reef is covered, bustling <laughs> with hundreds and hundreds of tiny little... Crabby sharks. Shark crabs, crab sharks, sharbs, crab sharks. <laughs> kind of like crab cakes, but sharks. Um, oh, back on the surface, she sees a fin above the waves approaching her, and as it starts to circle around her, she realizes it isn't a fin. It's just one pincer above the water, <laughs> circling, circling her, snipping. Snip, 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 snip. Okay, wait, snip, I, brief snip. aside, brief. <laughs> snip, 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 snip. Okay, uh, before we get sued for copyright, um, I have a question, meta question. Yeah? These explosive things, because my next move was going to have her just throw the melon, have it explode, and swim away. But if they explode, are they gone forever? Is that what is maybe should we just run with it just run with it okay i've got an idea then. okay um Iniga takes a deep breath and tosses the melon directly up in the air and with a beautiful butterfly stroke that she learned in training swims off catching up to donnie kachow in a flash and the melon floats in the air for a second before it begins to come hurtling back down to the water and it splashes through the water and smacks into the top of the coral reef with just enough force to split open. And out floats a tiny golden seed, freeing itself from the flesh of the uh, watermelon. Between the black watermelon seeds, a golden pomegranate seed floats up and up and up 
and we can see it start to smoke underwater. It seems that the water is inhibiting the oxidization for just a moment, but then it reaches the surface. And the moment the air touches it, it explodes a, it, with the force of with a force of a hundred cannonballs. The the water is pushed aside, creating a tidal wave of force as waves crash in every direction, pushing Donnie Kachow and Aniga, surfing them up onto the waves as they get hurtled towards an island that is finally in sight, just on the edge. An island with a familiar dragon shaped hill, and they're catapulted into the air. And thump, thump, they land on the beach, wet and soggy, as waves crash around them. Wait, don't you think that if the island was that close, they could have just swum there? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, How about this? How about this? Um, They they, they get launched up by this huge wave. They fly over its crest, smash back into the water, and... um, you know, get sucked under by the by the reverse toe of this undertow of the water, the displaced water. Yeah, the reverse toe, the dreaded reverse toe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the displaced water from the explosion flowing back into place, and they get sucked back toward the reef, and they s- scrabble against. And they try to swim, get get back to the surface, and gasp for air as they emerge. On the horizon, a silvery ship comes into view. The crew perks up as they hear the distant of the exploding seed. What was the what was the uh, quartermaster's voice again? It was like Whale Whale Captain. Whale Captain. Yeah. All right, crew, you know what that means. You made a sails, um dropped a foremast. No, I don't even know what that means. Uh start uh pulling on the oars just uh you know, do, do your thing. <laughs> do they have oars? Move, move the ship forward, please. Yep. Atop the highest mast, the lookout shouts, Oh, it be glittering! It be glittering! Oh, I believe it do be one of the seas, my lads, my lasses. My captain. The captain, a tall woman with gray hair beneath a tricorn hat and silver eyes, almost like pure steel balls, smiles slightly to herself. She's not even looking forward. She's looking off the stern, away from the explosion. <laughs> but she knows. I kind of like the idea that she doesn't know. <laughs> She's like, just like, ah, yes. <laughs> Over there somewhere. <laughs> no, but she can see everything. Meanwhile, as I... The, the crab sharks are thrown left and right, maybe even seasoned lightly uh, <laughs> as they <laughs> seasoned at, <laughs> as they get torn apart from the explosion. Uh, Donnie Kachow and Anigo Esperanza uh, struggle to keep their heads above water, no longer tippy-toed, but still neck deep. Um, as Aniga feels a slight tingling in her toes and arms. Donnie says, great job, great job. Now we don't have a coral reef to stand on. It's probably blown to smithereens as well. Now we gotta fucking sw- swim out here until somebody picks us up. And Aniga doesn't respond to defend herself. Instead, she looks down 
at her toes, at her tingling toes. What's going on? But as quickly as the sensation started, it vanishes again. This is how I die. This is actually how I die. I don't even get a chance to to really do any complex or arithmetic. I never even had like a basic calculator, you know, with the with the with the stones that you can move back and forth. Isn't it called an is abacus? And he goes like, "You mean an abacus?" And he says, "Yes, an abacus." Wow, you actually know a few things. Wait, what is that? And he looks toward the horizon. A silver ship is shooting toward them at breakneck speed almost like a spear thrown from the hand of a god. <laughs> Do you recognize the ship? I, uh, I believe I do. And he swallows. Oh, no, we're, we're in big trouble. Well, cartographer, where is the nearest island? Can we hide? And Donnie, um, looks at the position of the sun, looks where he thinks south is, where Dragon's Roost Island would be, looks toward the Silver Spear approaching. And he says, from her, no. Back aboard the Silver Spear, the crew is, you know, doing the things that make a ship go fast. (laughs) Many of them are gathering at the bow now, (laughs) uh, looking into the distance. The... Uh, lookout up top on the mast says, Aye, there be two young souls marooned out here. Uh, And the captain goes, I know, I see them. And the lookout goes, Well, if you see everything, why, what is my job? (laughs) Why do you even keep me around? I like hearing you scream, Charlie. (laughs) Oh, that's sweet. Okay, I'll keep screaming then. The crew not busy making the ship go faster grabs a bunch of red and white donut-shaped flotation devices and throws them (laughs) out into the water. Well, we had rotation devices. Now we have flotation devices. (laughs) Welcome to the show about devices. Narrative devices. Um, Wow. And Inigo grabs one, not quite knowing what dread... uh, Wow. Perhaps the wrong word. What fear (laughs) struck Donnie, but out of other options, Donnie grabs one too. Heave ho, say the pirates in unison as they pull the two uh, flotation devices (laughs) uh, aboard. Donnie and uh, Iniga are being pulled up the side of the Silver Spears hull, looking at each other. As they pass the figure attached to the the statue attached to the front of the ship, a mermaid uh, lounging back with her tail wrapped around a long silver spear jutting Mm. forward. Cool. Iniga points to Donnie's face and then like makes the, you got something in your teeth motion. And Donnie like surprised looks at the side of the ship, which functions like a mirror, and notices and picks something out of his teeth. (laughs) So fucking stupid. (laughs) Donnie gets pulled up over the edge first. And he splats wet onto the deck. Yeah. Sploosh. Splat. Um, I love your sound effects, man. (laughs) 
yeah, it's just me hitting the table over and over again. And the, the crew of pirates looks at him and he's relieved to see pirates again. But also a little sad that he finally escaped his mother's ship only to be trapped in another. And to be on the silver spear, no less. Next comes up Aniga. And she too splatters onto the deck, but perhaps more dexterously. These pirates are gaunt. They are quiet. They are serious. There's a supernatural still to the way they stand around the two prisoners. If, if they be prisoners. With barely audible footsteps, the captain comes walking up the deck. Who we haven't named, right? Yeah. Okay. I, have an, I have a name in mind. Good. I think this is a great time. She smiles at the two. Welcome aboard the Silver Spear. She says softly as she looks between them. And when I say between them, I mean not at either of them, just right between them. As Aniga stands up, the crew of pirates sees her navy blue Royal Navy uniform. And all of them simultaneously pull out weapons. Draw their cutlasses. Cutlasses, flintlock pistols, blunderbusses, and point them at her. Hand cannons. Just silently with, with utter... It's almost as if there's no threat. It's a simple duty. Oh, a member of the Royal Navy? They should be killed. But none of them make a move. They simply prepare to do what the captain must certainly order them to do. And yet she doesn't. Iniga, breathing heavily, looks around. <sighs> so, I don't think this is fair. To be honest, I was just captured by pirates. They let me go. I... <laughs> Don't think it's fair to be captured by pirates again. I So, lower your weapons. Maybe we can parlay again? That won't be necessary. The captain says. Who are you? What? And she sort of, her eyes sort of widen and she blinks in surprise as she sees the weird silver reflective eyes of this woman. What are you? And the uh, quartermaster steps up and says, Hey, just because she has special eyes doesn't mean she's not a human. So that's, that's not that her second accent. question. Oh, sorry. I, excuse me. All right. Well, hey, just because she got special eyes. Show some eyes, respect. So show some respect. Yeah. Just because she got special eyes don't don't mean she ain't no human. That second question should should be obvious to, to be answered. Okay, but uh, whatever. But the first question still stands. Who are you? And um, Donnie pushes up his glasses and says which are miraculously still on his face after being subject to thrown over the edge and an explosion and says that is jane silver eyes and Iniga says oh yeah okay that name does make sense actually kind of <laughs> it's very obvious uh, name right silver i i get it golden eye was taken <laughs> <laughs> that's great the captain smiles. There's no joy in her expression, but there's a smile on her face. And she says, why don't you follow me? And as she says that, the whole crew sheathes their weapons, not even asking why, 
not a question, not a retort from an unruly soul. They just sheathe their weapons and go back to work. The sun has set now. The sky is a deep blue, almost black. As the silver spear rushes nearly invisibly in the darkness southward. In the captain's cabin, the quartermaster, who we have learned is named Melody. Melody stands arms crossed next to the desk where Jane Silver Eyes sits and stares into nothingness. Donnie and... Okay, I got a question. Uh, I got a question here. If, wait, wait, one sec, one sec. Oh, um, you're losing your train of thought, sorry. Donnie and Aniga sit across from the captain. That's all I need to say. Just, just to finish setting, that's just no to, to make sure that they're <laughs> okay. in the scene. I got a question here. Okay, if Captain Jane Silver Eyes were to hypothetically need to use the bathroom for an extended period of time, would it be a long John Silver Eyes? <laughs> Okay, fine. It's not funny. I think I'm dead. I'm, I no, think, I think I'm dead. I just okay. died. I just died. It's now. not funny. Fine. Okay, I'm making a pirate pun and a pirate show, and you give me this fucking deadpan look. You're the one who named the character Silver Eyes. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. It's a good. It's a good gag. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Fine. All right. <sighs> yeah. Um. Donnie is quiet. Donnie Kachow has heard tales of Jane Silver Eyes and her not-so-merry band of not-so-ravenous pirates and their just eerie stillness. They don't make port at any of the pirate towns. They don't show up at the bars and make mischief and get drunk. They're just on the sea, hunting, endlessly hunting. The what precisely they're hunting? Donnie never knew. Iniga, on the other hand, is full of questions. So explain to me, your eyes. <laughs> um, when she says that, Melody slaps the table. What did I tell you about respect? No, no, it is all right, says Jane. It is a curse, plain and simple. I lost my eyes to the beast. I shall never retrieve them, but I was given... I was given a task along with these new eyes. And I must say these new eyes see a lot more. And she seems to get lost in another train of thought. Okay, I see you're being uh, very obfuscating. Is that the word? She sort of looks to (laughs) Donnie for help. Donnie nods at drugs. Uh, Let me try something more simple. Why did you not kill us immediately, or at least me? I'm wearing a navy uniform. What do you need me for? Or to put it differently, what can I do so that you will help me return to civilization? Eh. Right, and (laughs) me too, actually. I'm Donnie. Uh, I don't want to be a pirate anymore, basically. So that would be good if you put us back on an island with people who do not steal. People who do not steal. That's the people that... What do you call these? What do you call people who do not steal? I'm not sure. I've been a pirate all my life, so I don't... 
as he starts blabbering, Jane raises a hand and he immediately stops. You are Donald. Donald B. Yeah. Donald B. Kachow, aren't you? He gulps. Yes. Uh, Melody's eyes widen. Kachow? Like, as in... <laughs> like, as in what I feed my cat? <laughs> like, cat chow? <laughs> How come your jokes are funny and mine are long, John Silver? Oh, boy. You know, you, you got the gift or you gottent it. Okay, well, you either got the gift or the gift got you. Um, no, you mean cat chow is in. Ned the Red Dread Kachow? And Jane nods quietly. The captain puts her fingers together. As none of our viewers can see, I'm doing so as well to enter the character. <laughs> it's very um, method. Yeah, it's super convincing. She puts her fingers together and she says, I still need you. According to, to what? Some sort of weird future sight that is given to you by these silver eyes or what? Says Iniga. My eyes carry no sight, but they carry a perfect heading. What does that mean, heading? Direction. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Melody pipes up again. Look, Jane, enough with the mysterious talk. If, if this boy had a seed and he is Ned the Red Dread's son, Th does that mean what I think it means? Ned the Red Dread has the seeds that we're looking for? She's had them for weeks now. And you've known this or what? Like, do we, are we gonna face off with them? Because I don't know if the Silver Spear is like ready for that kind of battle. We don't need to engage them directly. We're following them. Um... Okay, so I have an idea for what the Red Dread is up to right now. Take us there. Further south, we hear the sounds of jungle life at night. It's like... Um, <laughs> I love our Foley work. <laughs> bounce, 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 bounce. The Red Dread passes silently under a crescent moon and into the bay of Crescent Isle. <laughs> yes, I came up with that name on the spot. What of it? Wet palm tree leaves dangle over the only illuminated building in town, the pub. The door creaks open. No. The door flies open and two wooden peg legs enter this moist, dank, dingy, Dark, wet, sopping wet, drenched. <laughs> At this point, I've lost track of what it is liquid that's wet. Pub. <laughs> the, the liquid the pub. The whole room. The whole room. There is only a couple of souls lost to the effects of absinthe lying in the corner. And otherwise, there are trinkets all over the walls. There are animal pieces, feathers, bone trinkets, uh... A heavy scent of tobacco and spices on the air. Uh, and a little tinge of death. As Ned and Gatwick walk into 
this old, old, moist, damp, <laughs> God damn it, dank okay. pub. Behind the counter, <laughs> behind the counter is a uh, a young lady, and sitting on the counter in front of her is her daughter. Um, and she's talking to her daughter with a smile on her face when she looks up at the two obvious pirates. And she hurriedly drops the girl off the counter to, to hide behind the counter with her. And she looks up to them and says, can I get you anything? Um, we're a little low on rum, but we have gin. Um, Kahlua. Ned walks up to the bar, vaults over it, and just walks past her. And Gatwick gives a little apologetic nod. Sorry, we're uh, going to the back room. Going to see uh, you-know-who. The the barkeep sort of nods nervously and holds her daughter against her um, as the two pirates pass. Ned enters the back room. Uh, she ducks to let her huge tangle of hair get to the doorway. It is even danker in here. It is so moist you can oh, drink the air. Um, You're on another one today. <laughs> plant pots all over the place. All kinds of stuff is growing here. Fungi. You're telling me that there are plant pots with weird things growing and it smells dank? Yeah. Weird, huh? And then there's there's this one pot full of like um, mushrooms that have started growing out of the pot and sort of just sprawling everywhere and onto the walls and stuff. <laughs> Um, and there's a big crack in the ceiling where the moonlight shines through and it falls right onto a big workbench type desk in the middle of the room where a person is sleeping with their head on the desk, the head covered in a tangle of dreadlocks. No, not there. Yeah. Yeah, just like, just like that. Ned um, stops next to, <laughs> next to the murmuring <laughs> a figure and um, kicks the table out completely from under them. God! Oh, fuck, God. Oh, hey. Uh, Captain, Captain, um, I was just, I was, um, I was, um, doing some research. I was, you know, I, I, I was dreaming, which in my line of work is basically research, right? <laughs> um, Ned brings out a linen bag and holds it up in front of the dreadlocked man and says, I've brought you something today. Finally, after all these weeks, I've gotten enough of them together, I think. Need you to take a look, witch doctor. And she lets go of the bag and in such a way that the watermelon inside rolls out and plops into the witch doctor's hands. Didn't you say she kicked the table out? Yeah, she, he's kneeling on the floor. Oh. And he catches the uh, watermelon. He catches the watermelon. And he goes, uh, and he rotates the melon in his hand until he sees a small hole drilled at the top of the melon. And he looks back up to her and he nods. Looks like you did everything right here. Um, you put them in the fruit so they can't go pop, you know? Uh, now all you gotta do is, uh, put them in the pomegranate. You, you got the pomegranate yet? And Ned sighs and says, 
If I had the pomegranate, I wouldn't be needing a witch doctor, now would I? Well, well, I mean, you just open up the melons underwater where they can't explode, you know? And then you put the seeds in the pomegranate. It's not that hard. Uh, then the curse should be lifted. The pomegranate should become functional again. Yes, but I do not have the pomegranate. What I have is a bunch of cursed seeds. Cursed gold, essentially, that I could sell to the highest bidder if it wasn't so damn cursed. So basically, I'm asking, can you just uncurse these seeds for me? Uh, no. The curse is bound forever. And bound to the pomegranate. Ned blinks, then uh, points to Gatwick and says, Mr. Gatwick, could you please grab that workbench that I kicked to the end of the room? Yes, put it back here. Uh, put our friend the witch doctor's head back on top of it so I can kick it out f- from under him again. Captain, Captain, um... Gatwick starts to do it and then stops. <laughs> the pomegranate and the seeds want to find each other. If you're looking for the pomegranate, then you'll find it soon, or it will find you. Tell me this, witch doctor. If, by happenstance, one of these seeds were to be taken from my possession and find their way into the arms of the Royal Navy, how is that going to find its way back to me? The witch doctor sits back, and he keeps sitting back. And his chair starts (laughs) toppling, slowly, slowly tipping backward. And it tips so far to where it looks like He's going to fall, but he is actually balanced perfectly on two legs of the stool, unmoving. And he's, he closes his eyes, and Ned waits skeptically and waits. And suddenly he goes, <laughs> <laughs> and then he catches himself um, and spasms like he's about to fall. He stands upright, and the chair clatters beneath him. And Ned says, Did you just. Were you just asleep for a second? And he says, Yes, that's how I do this. I just dreamed for a moment to get the answer to your question. The last seed is not in the hands of the Royal Navy, but bound in the body of one of its lieutenants. So she made it explode, which means that it is now part of her somehow. And since it has to be in a wet thing to keep from exploding, it's now stuck in her. Fuck yeah, I like that. Ned looks at him and goes, Might you be referring to the small Spanglish girl? Did you see that in your dreams? The witch doctor nods slowly. Hey, looks like we'll have to go back again, says Gatwick. Next time, witch doctor, I would appreciate it if you tell me how important having all of them is. That way I don't look like a fool giving one away. As Nedrina and Gatwick make their way back around the bar and back to the ship. Oh, wait, how about I do this in the pirate voice? Bring our pirate man back. Is Nedrina and her <laughs> companion... What? I just love the, the way you launched into that voice. <laughs> Is Nedrina and her companion Gatwick Swells make their way out to the bar and back to their ship, across the sea, not too far behind them, sails the Silver Spear. 
and in the hall of the silver spear, in a rather ornate prison cell, sits Iniga and her cellmate, Donny B. Kachow. So, you remember how I told you that I wanted to get off my mothership? There's only one other place that I want to be less than the Red Dread, and that happens to be exactly where I am now. I know, I know. You've said so on multiple occasions. But, but I, I don't think you understand how <sighs> the, the Jane Silverize doesn't parlay like my mother. My mother enjoys piratey games and making a fool out of you and leaving you somewhere. She doesn't care really if you live or die or what you do. And then you can, we can probably survive that. But Jane Silverize will use us for what she wants and then kill us. She has no sense of fun or adventure. There's no way to wiggle out of an agreement with her. We can't outsmart her. We're stuck. We're, we're going to die here. I don't believe that. I refuse to believe that. She stands up. <sighs> she said she needed us for something, right? She was going to use us for something. and That's worse. You get how that's worse. No. It gives us a chance. If I understand her correctly, she said we, she does not need to directly... Uh, uh, engage the Red Dread. Sounds to me like she's going to send us over to try and uh, steal the seeds. That's our chance to bail, no? I don't think that she would. I think that, I mean, the legends of the Silver Spear are that once it finds its quarry, its quarry never returns. And if it was hunting for us, if it needed us for anything... I don't see much chance of us returning either. Donnie slumps into a corner of the cell. Returning to what? The pirate life you didn't want. Death isn't what I wanted either. (laughs) That's a good point. The two stay in the cell overnight in moist, dank silence. Oh, god damn it. (laughs) Everything in this, this pirate show is goddamn dank. While... Up in the captain's cabin, Jane's silver eyes stares into the endless reflection of her looking glass. <laughs> <laughs> and Melody stands in the corner of the room. Look, Captain, all this mysterious talk and all these intransparent plans, they're starting to get on the crew's nerves a little bit. No, that's not right. That's not right at all. They're they're emotionless, aren't they? But but um, I think there's some there's some room in the fact that Melody is the only one who isn't emotionless. Right, 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 right. So I like that. Okay. Look, Captain, all this mysterious talk and all these intransparent plans are starting to get on my nerves, to be frank. There's a reason you left me unhexed, right? You need me to be your sounding board, to to help you keep it on the straight and narrow or uh, at least retain some bit of your humanity on this insane quest of yours. So I need to know what the plan is. Are we attacking the Red Dread or no? How are we going to get those seeds? Jane Silverize stands up and turns to face Melody. Mm-hmm. Jane Silverize doesn't often face people. She has no need to. But she reaches out 
with a tenderness we've never seen before. And she touches Melody softly on the cheek and then walks away. Fucking Captain, that's just what I'm talking about. This mysterious kind (laughs) of, oh, jeez. And Jane Silver Eyes um, walks out onto the deck and when uh, Melody follows her out, she has already disappeared. (laughs) Always with this stuff. (laughs) But as Melody looks forward onto the empty deck, she can see a small crescent-shaped island in the distance. Crescent Island. Crescent Island? That's where that old witch doctor, um, Jasper Bacar. Is that, is that what you're... She, she looks around trying to find Jane. She looks around. And Jane is suddenly standing behind her and says, Yes, Jasper Bacar. <laughs> Not Picard, like the other famous captain. Uh, Bacar. Like like B with an apostrophe, K-A-R-R. Right, yes. Bacar. It's a cool name, don't you think? Yeah, real cool. Whoever came up with it really has good taste. Wow, we should name. Just like... Pat them on the back, yes. And I've been trapped in the belly of a kraken for the last (laughs) 30,000 years. Oh my god, thousand? (laughs) Hi, I'm Sam. Welcome to our show, Story Jazz. I've been dealing dealing with this shit for the last 30,000 years, god. We're just here to remind you to sign up for our pigeon letter <laughs> you got, service. You gotta do this voice the entire ad break. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, we're at Story Jazzcast on uh, Instagram and follow us on Twitter. The pigeon pigeon service. The pigeon service. <laughs> this is and really confusing. Inst- we can't do the Instagram ad break in character, like in and world. Face- Well, why is it Twitter, but then Instagram and Facebook have regular names? I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the sound of your fucking betrayal and why I got trapped in the Kraken. That is is true, that was my bad. C-louse. That was my bad. I did wake the Kraken, but hey, I'm in here now too. We are both in the belly of the beast, metaphorically and literally, being dissolved by Kraken gastrofluids. And you know, it's not the worst way to die. I, uh, I, I thought it might be more painful. But I'll tell you, it's the worst way to live 10,000, 30,000 years. <laughs> Checks notes. <laughs> um, guys, uh, and gals and everything in between. Thank you so much thank for listening you. to our show. Thank you. Um, and uh, this was an absurd ad break, but yeah, you know, text us, write us at storyjazzcast at gmail.com and, um, uh, you know, be- correspond. We-, we love hearing from our friends and we love you. We love you. The Silver Spear changes its course for the first time in over a month. Wow. I love that. That's so cool. And it does so to hide just outside of view of the bay 
just outside of view of the one ship posted outside the bay, just out of view of a three-masted, red-sailed ship, waiting and watching. You could say they are the weight watchers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I need a and break. You telling I need me, a break. You telling me Lon John Silvers wasn't funny. Donnie and Aniga have laid down for a nap in the little prison cell in the bowels of the silver spear. And they both awake when a chill uh, runs through the cell. Ooh. They oh. look up <laughs> and they see Jane Silver Eyes standing in front of the prison cell, looking... Standing inside the prison cell. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And the door is still locked. They see Jane Silver Eyes standing inside the prison cell with them, looking at the wall. Oh boy, here we go again. Iniga mumbles to herself. Shh. Donnie slaps her. Not on the Iniga. face, like on the shoulder. <laughs> Iniga like, Psh. seriously? Do you want me to fucking kill you right now? Do you see this God. broken nose? That nose, that broken nose is not for a pun- from a punch. It's from a really shitty headbutt I gave somebody. But you should see that person. Their nose is even more broken than mine. <laughs> they don't even have a nose anymore at this point. It's in, It's concave. <laughs> They have the shape of a nose, but concave in, into their skull. Do you understand what I'm saying? I inverted their nose. <laughs> God. I will be sending you off now, says Jane. And Iniga and Donnie immediately perk up silent. There's something about Jane Silver Eyes that when she speaks, it becomes more difficult to interrupt. It, it becomes almost impossible to interrupt. She says... I have a task for you. It uh, will require some blood, but it's a very small price to pay. She turns around as if to look at them, but instead just looks at the other wall. I need you to call upon an old friend of mine. Well, I say friend. It's a little more complicated than that. Uh, Indiga and Donnie watch silently awaiting more instructions. We have reached Crescent Island, a place of thick, heavy air, air that is saturated with dark magic. I wish to draw upon that magic to bring a terrible force down on your mother, Donald B. Kachow. A terrible force that was once brought down upon me and that I plan to eradicate and remove from this world. And with the word eradicate, for the first time we feel almost some semblance of emotion in her voice. Donnie looks at Jane Silver Eyes and, and looks at Aniga, and he, he loves his mother. He doesn't always like her, <laughs> especially not when she's on a pillaging rampage, but he does love her. And the idea of bringing down something upon her is a a little much for him. There is a place at the top of the island overlooking the bay. An ancient stone slab. You will know it when you see it. Follow the instructions there. Aniga looks like she's about to retort. She's about to 
ask why they're going to do this. Why would they do this? But Jane answers. Do this, and you shall return to the civilization you hold so dearly. Don't, and everyone will die, and I'll find someone else. She smiles. But there's no joy in the smile. It is merely a formality. It is merely the imitation. The reflection of a smile. Iniga spits on the ground at Jane's feet. I am not doing your bidding. You will not threaten me with death like this. Death waits for me at every corner in this line of work. It wasn't a threat. It was the truth. Regardless of whether you choose to accept what I am offering, you will die unless you follow the path I have laid before you. Donnie gulps. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it, Captain. Thank you. And he, he like, glares at, at Iniga, trying to, like, motion with his eyes, like, don't say anything. He doesn't want to say, he doesn't want to speak in front of the blind captain. Good. Um, and she opens the cell door and walks out and, uh, motion, and gives the hand motion for the two to follow. She opens it without using a key. It's impossible to know if it was locked or not at this point. <laughs> the two of them hesitantly follow the captain as she walks up the stairs back onto the deck. The ship's empty. There's no one around. There was no one on the bottom deck. There's no guards. There's no one manning the ship. No one even cleaning the deck. It's like a ghost ship. The captain walks to the edge and gestures to a rowboat, already prepared with two oars inside. And she says, By dawn, the beast will emerge, and everyone will die, unless you complete the ritual. Good luck. And she vanishes. Vanishes? She already vanished once. She disappeared. She teleported somewhere else. She just sort of walked away or something. We had her appear in the cell. Well, because they were sleeping. She's magical captain already. No, no, it works. It works. And I like the idea that this ship full of sailors with no emotion and no sense to party are just not there. They're reflections. Oh my God, that's perfect. Okay, yeah, I'm sold. Let's go. Dawn approaches on the six seas of Salvadore as a lone rowboat waddles its way over. <laughs> Grandpa, Grandpa, boats don't waddle. No, I know. I, I was looking for the right term and it didn't. Just shut up and eat your marshmallow, okay? The boat glides, I guess, to the beach of Crescent Island and two young souls that are walking a path that they were given pretty much just because they don't really have a a path of their own anymore climb up the steep hills to the center of Crescent Isle so you are just going to submit to this to this weird ghost woman and her strange plan to summon some sort of beast what Iniga, what what options do we have? We can't exactly go back to my mother's ship. Like, uh, eh, no, we cannot, but we could take this rowboat and just row. We could take this rowboat and just row north. 
Find Dragon's Roost, maybe find back to Three Heads Island. It would be a lot of work, but we could do it. I'm willing not to kill you and not to let, leave you for dead because I feel like you're a brains guy and people could use brains guys in my line of work. <laughs> but uh, let's work together. Let's let's not just submit to this crazy ghost Donny rubs Donnie rubs his temples and he points to the crescent-shaped moon and he points his other hand around as he tries to find north and he shakes his head and says, there's nothing we could reach there's, there's nowhere to go. Are you hoping we'll find another ship in these waters that doesn't also happen to be another bloodthirsty pirate? And you think that I'm going to survive if we run into another pirate? I literally have Kachow on my underwear. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering about that. Does your mom make you wear those or what? That's a long story. <sighs> Fine, I suppose we can at least look at this weird altar or whatever I it's not I don't trust Jane Silver Eyes Cap I don't trust I don't trust the, the Silver Spear and I don't trust my mother but pirates are always serious about curses almost as serious as you are about honor and at that Iniga looks at him in the eyes for one of the first times that she's really looked him in the eyes. And then she looks away and continues walking up the hill. Fine. But if this is a, some sort of blood sacrifice thing, we are sacrificing your blood before mine, okay? <laughs> that goes without saying, I guess, says Donnie. They reach the top just as the beginning light of the morning starts to creep over the horizon. The concave front of Crescent Island is filled with red morning light and the red dread docked, the, the only bigger ship docked here, flames especially red this morning. But just out of sight of the red dread, around the corner of Crescent Island, the Silver Spear is positioned at such an angle that the light seems to bounce off it. And if you don't look too closely, you would barely see that there is a ship there. It just looks like a reflection of the waves. I never intended for the Silver Spear to be a ghost ship, but it works so well. It's so cool. Okay. Aniga leads the way as they make it to sort of rounded top of the hill of the center of Crescent Island. It's shaped kind of like a croissant. Um... <laughs> Croissant Island. Can we go back and edit every mention of the word crescent to croissant? Uh, we could just enact it, manifest as truth now. Weird. Some somehow I feel really hungry for breakfast right now. Maybe a <laughs> maybe a French French breakfast. Uh, it's got to be uh, Italian and French together. So oh, yeah. fr Italian. Italian. A, fr a good old Italian croissant. <laughs> um. And as Aniga sort of walks in circles around the clearing at the top of the island, she's looking for the place of ritual. It has to be here somewhere. And Donnie is crawling around on his hands and knees like a weirdo, scratching at the moss on the ground and reveals, <laughs> and reveals a black slab of stone underfoot. Here, he says... I wait, think it got wait, back, back up, buried. back up. 
What do you mean back up? Like get off of it. Oh, okay, cool. Wait, wait, you're you're on it. Back, back up. Get, get get off the hill. And Aniga sort of looks at him like he's crazy and steps off the hill, steps back a little bit. And now that she's away from it, she can kind of see the vague shape of a dirty moss-covered plinth at the top of the hill. How big is it across? Like 10 meters? Yeah, it's huge. It's it's like an altar table, but way, way too big. It's like it's meant to sacrifice whales on. It's enormous. And Donnie scratches with his boot at various points where he sees little indents in the surface, like runes or symbols of some kind, but he can't quite make them out. Iniga walks the perimeter, reaching for her saber, realizing that it was taken. Was it taken? We haven't even talked about her saber. You can decide that. I don't know why she would still have her saber. I don't know why she wouldn't have her saber, though. I think it was taken, yeah, yeah. Okay. She she walks the perimeter, trying to get uh, a sense of how large the plinth is. She comes across an old wooden stump carved in the shape of a seat. Huh, she goes and sits down on it. All right, then, Mr. Mathematics, you do your magic over there and I'll uh, keep watch, I suppose. And she crosses her legs. And Donnie barely hears her because he's in his element already. He's scratching at different parts of the plinth with his boots. Then he um, takes out a little... Uh, a coin that he had hidden away in his uh, inside his his underwear <laughs> to like scratch off the moss and the dirt in different places of the plinth, and he's like running back and forth between different spots, unearthing these these markings. I think it's obsidian. It's this sort of a hybrid. This this must have been a volcano at some point, but considering the concave nature of the inside of the crescent, it it's either very very old or completely submerged by now. Can you... Iniga. Iniga. Yes. Can you start pulling some of the dirt off on the other end? We need to figure out exactly how big it is and and what shape. We need to figure out what shape it is. Okay. And she tries to get up, but she notices that her feet are stuck in the roots of the stump. Like the like stump the roots. has suddenly grown over her boots. Yeah. Eh, this is not normal. And at the same time, Donnie sees that one of the runes he unearthed has started glowing? Or is it just a trick of the light? No, there's another one over there that's also started glowing with some sort of light. This purplish reflection as though the sunlight is hitting the obsidian just right for it to create this dazzling reddish purplish glow and he runs around the perimeter of this plinth again and says oh i get it now i get it it's it's simple mathematics really this rune is a oh yeah and that's pie that one's pie isn't that cool and he looks over at niga and niga at this point her arms are also tied down by roots and she says i think it's already uh, started the thing that we were supposed to do uh maybe you already started it somehow and then Donnie looks at his fingers, fuck yeah, and then Donnie looks at his fingers and he sees that in his 
hasty scrabbling to remove the moss and the dirt off of the obsidian, he has scratched his fingertips to the point that they started bleeding a tiny, tiny bit, just the tiniest bit. And the runes that have started glowing are the ones that he touched with his bloody fingertips. Aniga looks at him, staring at his fingertips, and he looks back up at her. A sense of of wonder in his eyes, but also horror at what he's done. He doesn't know what he's begun. He he drops what he's doing and he runs over to Niga and starts pulling at the roots. Um, and Niga says, Not like that. Take out, don't you have like some kind of knife or something? No, they were taken away from us. What am I supposed to? I don't know. Just break it harder. Be stronger or something. And as they squabble, suddenly behind them, they hear this weird, deep sloshing sound. But as though the world's largest bucket was being <laughs> overturned. And above them, the world's largest bucket is overturned. <laughs> no, 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 that's not what I meant. <laughs> Donnie looks over his shoulder toward the, the bay where, where these rumbling water sounds are coming from. Looks back at Aniga and then goes, sorry, and runs over to the edge of the crescent to look down into the bay. And back and forth in the bay, as if separated from the rest of the ocean, the water is churning and sloshing back and forth, like it's in a container being swung, like the island is almost moving, shaking back and forth, creating ripples across the surface of the bay that was otherwise still just minutes before. The red dread is bobbing up and down wildly. There are shouts coming from the tiny little town near the... Near the tiny little dock and uh, Iniga starts to shout as well but one of the wooden tendrils has now reached out to wrap around her mouth muffling her cries Donnie looks back and forth between the the, the red dread shaking and Iniga getting slowly swallowed impotent the, 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 the grasping gripping swirling vines pulling her deeper into this wooden stump. And then he looks at the obsidian slab beneath his feet and he tries to figure out the mathematics of this ritual. It isn't complete. There's something has been set into motion, but he's meant to continue using this apparatus. He's sure of it. It's some kind of machine, even if it's not made with gears and whistles, but rather with stone and blood and dark magic. So he grabs a stick from the ground and he plants it deep into the dirt on top of the slab and he clears a huge portion off of it. No runes there. He stabs into another portion and sweeps a bunch of dirt off there. No runes either. He pushes it down on the ground and he gets on all fours and he just scrapes as much of the dirt and moss and mud off the top of the slab. He pushes it across. There's a rune. Something. He wipes it real quick with his hands and a drip falls from his finger and lands in it. And it circles quickly around a circular rune. And then it dashes outward in a sort of spiderweb pattern as it meets other runes, as they twist and turn into one another, as they swirl over and they start to illuminate. And then he hears it. The sound 
of lungs gasping for air, the sound of something submerged beneath the water so long it hasn't breathed in a century, the sound of teeth splitting open. as a mouth breaks the waves. Upon the silver spear, a single crew member walks slowly toward the bow, its melody, alone on this ghost ship. She grips the railing at the front of the ship and looks upon... Looks upon the bobbing sails of the Red Dread, barely in view, and she says... Oh, I hope, I, I hope you know what you're doing, Jane. G- give me one second. Ow, god damn it. I heard Sam say, ow, god damn it. I hope that was recording. I don't know if it was. Fuck, dude. But he tried to open the window and I hope he's okay. He's got a tank top on right now that he's rolled up to his armpits, sort of like a crop top. It's really funny. Um, But he's like overheating. What's up? Sham. I dropped something on my head. What did you drop on your head? The fucking pole that the, the curtains are attached to. You dropped a curtain pole on your head. I sure did. On purpose. Yes. I like pain. Did you dance with a pole? I did. I danced the ow, fuck, ow dance. Somebody come get her. She's dancing like a stripper. 